Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Chapel Hill. Go back. Have you already looked back at this 2023 journal? So I was doing that um, this week, and I'm not done. I'm going to do it some more. but Because I value so much just looking at what I know God said. Because a lot of times I write down words from the Lord for the year. Or, you know, during the season, what God's doing. Um, I'll give you two highlights. Is that all right? From my journal. But I want you to think about yours. I want you to think about even if you didn't write it down. How many people did God provide a new job for in 2023? Remember a few weeks ago, we prayed, we thank God for those, and then we prayed for those who needed jobs. And then I just heard a testimony before church. God's already answering that prayer. Like God is faithful. Who has testimonies about the faithfulness of God in your life in some capacity this year? Did anybody receive some measure of healing this physically in your body this year? What about a breakthrough in, in finances or relationships? I mean, just go through. I think it's very important. How many times God said remember in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament? He was constantly telling. In fact, he had physical things that he caused them to remember with, right? He had stones. Put these stones up to remember. He filled the ark with pieces of that manna or the tin. You know, remember these things. Constantly remember and remind your children. Remind your children's children. Yeah. I think a journal is just a very practical tool for remembering, even if it's on your phone. Some simple note that you made. Here's one highlight, uh, one testimony about the church, all of us, and then one personal testimony. Um, New Year's Eve, actually 2020, um, yeah, 2023, so not a, exactly a year ago, we got together with um, Donovan and Danielle. And uh, as Danielle was talking about her love for the diversity at River Life, you remember this, Donovan? We were at a coffee shop, and she was talking about um, the love for diversity. I heard this. I just heard it. Diversity plus multiply equals diversify. Because the word that the Lord gave us for 2023 was multiply. And so we kept getting this word multiply, and then she talked about diversity the online definition in business for diversify, diversification is a growth strategy that involves entering into a new market or industry, one that your business doesn't currently operate in, while also creating a new product for that new market. And I feel like God was saying we're of a kingdom market in which God is calling us to diversify. And I actually feel like 2023 was a year to multiply. Now 2024 is a year to diversify. He's like, okay, I've given you the multiplication. I'll talk about that in a minute. Now, what do you want to do with it? What dreams in your heart do you have to do with that that enters into a new kingdom market? I'm not talking about business sense necessarily. It could be that. But somewhere like new ideas. How many remember the new wineskins we brought in at the beginning of 2023? In fact, bless Pamela. Where are you, Pamela? Pamela brought everybody these, these wineskins she had ordered offline. They were plastic, but they represented something. Yeah. And, and Papa mentioned that. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. Yeah. So it's like the Lord said to us, okay, you've received the wineskin. Now are you ready for the new wine? 
I'm telling you, this Holy Spirit weekend, there is a new wine that's going to be poured out. I can feel it. I've set it up here, a new wind. It's, it's a similar thing. It's all part of what the Holy Spirit's doing. There's a new wine being poured out in us and through us this year. And this is what Diversify has to do with new ideas, new wineskins, new areas. Next Sunday will be the very first weekly service of River Life Wilmington. Hallelujah. Lord bless them. Even as they're meeting this morning to prepare and plan for that. Diversify into new areas like Asheville. The River Life School of Ministry. All these represent different diversity and diversifies in my mind. Um. So what are the results of that? Well, like I said, a new church is planted next Sunday. River Life School of Ministry tripled this year. Global Missions is growing. Ben FaceTimed me this morning before church. They're just winning people to the gospel every day in the bush of South Africa right now. I mean, he it's funny because he was gone over Christmas. It was hard for us. And I'm sure there were moments that was hard for him, but every time we saw him, you sure wouldn't know it. I mean, he is in his element, absolutely in a beautiful place. And on his first, the first time they got to go out and and, uh, minister the gospel, they saw a dozen, a dozen people, now maybe not a dozen, I don't don't know the number, but um, come to receive Christ. One guy, they were talking to him on his front porch, he got uh, filled with the Holy Spirit Went in and got his, because he had been an alcoholic. And so that was his testimony. The Lord came into his life. He went into his house. He got his alcohol and he came out and he poured it on the ground. I mean, these are the things that Ben's seeing. And he's calling us every day like, y'all ain't going to believe what God did today. What is that? I don't have time to go in personally and in my son's life about what God has done in that and what he's doing. But there is a diversification, a multiplication that is happening that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Judah and I leave on the 28th of January at the end of that Holy Spirit weekend for Armenia. You guys know to go over there with Abby and Samuel to disciple Middle Eastern Christians that are coming out of a closed nation that are fleeing persecution to help disciple them. In identity in Christ so that they can go back and spread the gospel and fan the flames of revival. And I believe one of the leading places of revival in the world right now in this closed nation in the Middle East. Can't make this happen. How did this happen? This happened because God took one little girl, Abby, from this humble, small congregation in Chapel Hill and multiplied her. Put her into an area of the world in which now God's calling us to go there. This is, I think, an example of diversification. And I'm sharing this not only as testimonies, but as God's going to do this more. Not only just in the life of us as a body and a church, but in your life. Be praying about and journaling about, Lord, what does it mean for me to diversify? You can maybe tell testimonies up here about how you've multiplied in some way this year. Now, what do I do with that? What do I do with this new wineskin of diversification in my life? Um, this coming summer, we're going to launch as a part of the River Life School of Ministry, 
a new ministry called the Adventure School. And the Adventure School will be a, a global mission school based right here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And uh, we'll basically have um, about eight sessions of training as a team for all those who enroll in this and, and, and be a part of this. And then we've got three places that we're going in July. So we'll get together in late May, early June and do some training, do some local adventures. And then we're going to go to a team right like where they are right now. We're gonna, I'm going to take a team back to Uganda. We're going to take a team to us. Ryan and Mary in Wilmington, they're taking the team to the Baja Peninsula of Mexico. And then Jeff Miller is looking at taking a team to Ghana, Africa, all at the same time in July. And then we'll come back together and debrief about what God's done, tell all our testimonies about what God did, and then dream about what he wants to do in the future and where we're going with this. So this has been a dream in my heart for a long, long time. But God's saying now. We had a prophet from India come this year. Do you remember him? Thomas Cherion. And what was his word? Kairos. Where are you, Gabe? Kairos moment. Not Kronos. It's a Kairos time. What does that mean? It's, it means an appointed time. So if, it's, the, it's the word used in the Bible for like the day for Jesus to be born. It wasn't just a day, it wasn't a day on the timeline, but it was an appointed time that God had intended from the foundation of the earth. It's a chronos time for the adventure school. I've been dreaming and planning this for 12 years. But how many of you have you ever had a dream in your heart for 12 years or more? And you've been waiting on the Kairos moment. Look for those suddenlies to come upon you this year. Where this diversification, this multiplication, it all comes to a head. And God says, now. At now. It's okay. Don't be discouraged if it hasn't happened yet. Because I realize it's okay. See, sometimes we get all heavy and religious. And we feel like, well, if God said it, then where is it? I should be doing it. You either beat yourself up because it hasn't or you haven't done it yet. Or you blame God. Like one of those two, like, well, God, where are you? Or why haven't you done this, Matthew? Like, what, have you been sitting on your hands? Like, what's the problem? No, it's you're waiting on that appointed time for God to say, now is the time. It's blown me away how our worship ministry has grown here. You know, we're getting ready to host our first Holy Spirit weekend in January. It's just incredible stuff. Um, as we drove home the Monday before Thanksgiving from one of Anna Grace's basketball games in Salisbury, this, um, this was sitting beside our door, What's, uh, our, our back door, or fr- our front door. You see that? I had to get some online help as to what kind of owl this is. <laughs> the consensus is this is a screech owl. We pull up and this owl is just sitting here waiting for us. And I just have this strange prophetic thing in my life about birds. I'm sorry, y'all. I know I'm not sorry, but it might sound strange. But early on, it was this bald eagle thing. Did y'all know that there's a bald eagle that lives at University Lake in Chapel Hill? Well, there is. I can show you where to verify that. I've seen this bald eagle and God has spoken. To, I've only seen it three times and every in almost 10 years. And every time God just, it's right at this moment. 
Well, so we pull up the Monday before Thanksgiving and this screech owl sitting here. And Jeff Miller, my friend, says, hey, have you been asking for wisdom about a gateway in your life? Because it's sitting on the gate. You see that? That's like a gate right there at our yard. And I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, (laughs) 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 yeah, like what? There's these certain areas, Lord, we need wisdom about. Would you have us to pursue these? Also, the adventure school, is it supposed to launch in 2024? Do you want Judah and I to go to Armenia? Like these were all questions at the time. And then this happened and the Lord said, yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) The Lord was bringing confirmation. And then. Uh, Mark Andringa pointed out that Michael Fom recently had a dream and the Lord instructed that many in our church would be having night visions. Well, you know, an owl. They're nighttime hunters, right? That night vision. The owl is a bird that sees and hunts at night. Amen. You a part of this body? Take a hold of these words for yourself. Write your version of what God's saying for you down in your journal today or tomorrow morning because God has some night season revelation for you. And they're going to come to pass. It's going to be so good. Um, Personally, one personal testimony. I've already shared a little bit about that in our corporate stuff. But, you know, um, a couple of our sons, their businesses have thrived this year. As I said, Benjamin is stepping into his new anointing as a missionary and a minister of the gospel. Um, Nana and Papa returning to their roots in Mooresville. Anna Grace on a championship basketball team. You know, the, the list goes on and on. That's not boasting about the Bollingers. That's boasting in our father. That, that's just how good he is. Because not only does he multiply But now he's called us to diversify. Again, I ask you, what has God done in your life this year? Secondly, look at what God is doing. If you just peek out that window right there, our father is speaking and building. (laughs) Physically, he's building through the host church that hosts us here. He's building a phase two building for us on this property. I feel like he's prophetically saying River Life Chapel Hill is in a phase two season. Last year was a season to multiply. Again, he's saying this year is a season to diversify. That's phase two. Now, over the 10 year, almost 10 year life of this church, it's not like we just had two phases, but this is the what I feel on this word. Phase one, multiply in 2023, phase two, diversify. Now, the prophet from India also uh, prophesied over us our own land and our own building. I'm not saying that's a forever thing. I'm just saying we're sitting here. We're looking at that. And it's a prophetic symbolism of what God's doing with us. Um, I want to read Mark 9 through 14 and Mark 9, 14, Jesus has just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. How many people remember that story? He's just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration and the other, um, what, eight of the disciples 
no, I guess nine of the disciples are down here out of the spiritual realm of what they've experienced on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John went up with Jesus. Remember that story? They saw his clothes like whiter than snow. It was literally heaven came to earth because Moses and Elijah are there who have long since passed conversing with Jesus. And it's just an incredible experience. And how many have ever experienced like some encounter with God or a heavenly, just all, all you can say was just an incredible experience. And then the next morning, it's like, boom, back down to earth. Like something happens. There's a situation. Somebody in the family messes up. You come home from that retreat and it's like real life happens. Like, welcome back. You're like, man, Lord. And there's a little bit of a divine frustration there. Well, you can almost see in what we're about to read. You got the Mount of Transfiguration and then this. And when he came to the rest of the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. In other words, in Lamech's term, they were fighting with him about what was going on. Immediately when he saw them, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? What are y'all talking about? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Have you ever been there? Maybe not with the demon, but there was a problem that you needed to solve. You needed God through you to solve this problem, and it just wasn't happening. Been there. Got the t-shirt. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If you can. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Lord, if you can, if you can do something about this situation. Jesus said to him, well, if you can, let me answer you back. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's an honest prayer, isn't it? When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, hey, Jesus, come over here. Yeah, what's up? Like, what what are we not getting here? What are we doing wrong? What is it? What is the key here? Why? You said all authority has been given. And this is, by the way, after he'd sent out the 12 
and then the 70. So why is it not happening for me? I've prayed. I've given. I've done these things, Lord. Why is it that my brother's still not saved? Why is it that I still have this issue in my life? Who's been there before? And when he come into the out, they asked him. So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, I don't want this to be a heavy thing. I just want it to be a testimony. My testimony is this. I know that whenever God has given me the grace to go into a fast, he has always showed up. As a young Christian, I got this impression. That fasting was like something I'd do to get God to do something. And during this one particular season at about age 30, I realized, oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. God's already done everything. There's nothing more that you need to do to get God to do anything for you. Except for just to believe. And what I discovered at about around age 30 is I went into this time where I would weekly fast. And I had these God encounters in such a way that I was like, oh, my Lord. I mean, heavenly stuff happening around me. And I was like, OK, Lord, if this is what fasting's like, then just tell me when to eat. <laughs> like, let's flip this because. This is too good. You know, Jesus said, my bread is to do the will of him who sent me. Because they're like, I'm not saying don't eat at all. That's not the point that Jesus was making. But what he's trying to say to these disciples in this dilemma that they have is, listen, guys, the father gave you a, a tool. Prayer, which is conversation with him. You talk to him, he can talk back to you. And fasting. He's like, anytime that you use this tool, it heightens your spiritual awareness of what I'm doing around you. So the way I'm reading this, this story here that we just read is what he's saying to them is, listen, when you deny your physical flesh anything, it automatically heightens your spiritual awareness in that same area. So let's say, for example, man, I need to hear God speak. If you deny yourself, let's say, I'm just going to make something up because this may not be what God's calling you to fast. But let's just say God says fast social media. I just want you to give that up for a season, fast social media. And then you go into this fast where you just choose to as a, as a, as a face step. You lay that down and then you step and all of a sudden it's like you hear that still small voice again. That's just an example. And so uh, I'm just at the end of this week, this coming week on January the 5th, I'm going to go into like a 21 day Daniel fast. Okay, if you don't know what a Daniel fast is, it's basically fruits and veggies. For me, it's mainly going to look like no sweets and meats. I'm going to get my protein elsewhere (laughs) and in different ways. But that's just what I feel led to fast for 21 days. Um, starting this Friday, January 5th. And then on the 26th, um, Melanie right here, Melanie, wave your hand. Y'all know Melanie. She's going to coordinate the Friday night of our Holy Ghost, our Holy Spirit weekend. 
Uh, before we start that 7 p.m. that Friday night, we're going to have a covered dish meal. And Melanie's going to coordinate that, so get your covered dishes ready. I hope for, Hopefully there's going to be meats on the table. I'll be looking forward to that personally. And here's the thing, guys, is um, fasting isn't a have to, it's a get to. Because the last thing I want to do as a pastor is put some yoke on you. I'm like, hey, you've got to do this. If you want God to be happy, if you want him to bless your life in 2024. No, I actually don't believe that. I believe God wants to bless your life. God is blessing your life. God will continue to bless your life. And in addition to, if you'd like to see into the spirit in a little bit of a heightened awareness way, ask him what he'd have you to fast. It might not be sweets and meats like me. It might be something else, but ask him what he wants you to do because it's a tool. It's a gift. Join our fast if you'd like to. Because while fasting, expect for supernatural gifts and revelations to be opened up to you during these three weeks. Then we'll break it together with our covered dish on the 26th. I mean, personally, I'll be honest. I need something to take to Armenia on the 28th. I need something, not just words, not just messages, not just teaching for these new believers coming out of this closed nation. I need something from heaven. So I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use fasting as a tool and God's going to give me some words that in combination with your prayers, It's going to break some yokes. It's going to free some captives. It's going to speak identity and destiny over these men and women that are literally going and living in ways that we can't comprehend in situations. Somebody's happy. Here's what it reminded me of. You might be familiar with this verse from 2 Corinthians, Paul's instructions about tithing about giving financially. Listen to this. But I want to apply this to to the issue of fasting. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to fast. I'm just going to substitute that word. And don't Don't do it reluctantly. Don't fast reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's that's what we want to make clear. The pressure's off. You don't have to at all. Praise God. Still come to the covered dish of the Holy Spirit weekend. For God loves a person who fasts cheerfully. Come on. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God loves a person who fasts cheerfully. Because they want to, not because they have to. Does my flesh flesh love it? No. Absolutely not. But there's something when the Lord is breathing on it for me that I get excited about. Like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And this was a word that Melanie had gotten that she had brought to me about like a New Year's fast. 
And so I was like, yeah, I hear that. Let me pray about it. And then in this season of praying over the holidays, this is what I feel like the Lord wants to wants to do with this. You know, so again, it's an open invitation. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.